0: Good evening, Bard's Nation. How's everybody doing tonight? Good evening, patriots. It's uh November 22nd, Tuesday in the year 2022. We're in Thanksgiving week, which is kind of neat. And tonight I have a special show. We've kind of got some cool shows all week, but this show tonight's real personal to me. And I'm going to We've got a great testimony tonight of a be dad of some um, just an amazing Calling to give on the spot, and then we have a. As we talked about before, we have to come together. We have a family in the Bard's Nation group that needs some support, and I'm going to read their story, and uh, they've got a GoFundMe set up. So maybe we can give them some help too. But stay with it tonight. Some I think this is very this is very special. It's one of these shows. I'm also going to ask you that you takes once you hear it share this one. I don't, I seldom, I don't think I've ever said that about a show, but let's share this one around and let's get it up on our telegram and stuff. Let's get people hearing about the giving and the need to give. I think this is important, especially this week. Before we begin, just make sure that you've got everything in order for your supplies at home. And that includes, that includes my pillows, which are the best things to sleep on. And my Sheets, which are the Giza cotton sheets, and that includes mattresses and comforters and all these great things that you can get at mypillow.com. Honestly, and I, I say this with after having traveled two months on the road and sleeping in way too many hotels, the MyPillow mattress system, which is MyPillow mattress, so it has a bed frame, a, it has the topper, it has the Giza cotton sheets. The comforter and the pillows. I'm telling you, it's like the most comfortable system I've ever slept on. So I really recommend you check it out. And there's also so many other great things on that site. But mypillow.com is just awesome. We get, use your bards code, B A R D S, and you get all sorts of great discounts. And they've got some amazing specials going on right now, too, up to 90% off on certain items. Great time to buy Christmas gifts. Great t- time to buy Christmas gifts if you have liberal family members that don't like Mike Lindell, then give them a MyPillow pillow because then they're going to fall in love with the pillow until you tell them <laughs> until you tell them where it comes from. And then they'll be grumpy, but they'll still have to admit they love the pillow. So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Use your promo code Bards. You will not be disappointed. It's a good place, great company, great people and a company that truly walks the walk with Jesus, which is amazing to say. I wish we had like 300 more companies like that. So again, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. All those links are below the podcast. Okay, I want to begin with a story from a B-Dad, and then I want to go into the story of this other family. So let's start with the B-Dad. This is just a very touching and moving story, and this is just how God works on our heart, and It's a testimony. And I'm taking a little liberty because it was put up in Telegram. So since it was there and already posted publicly, I'm going to read it. So it says, um, "This is one of our one of our own B dads." For those of you that don't know what a B dad is, that's a Bard's Digital Army Division member. That's us. In case you're new here and you didn't know what a B dad was, that's a B dad. B dad goes back to the very beginning when we started this channel. Somebody came up with the idea of Bard's Digital Army Division, so that's a BDAD. We're all part of Bard's nation. We're part of humanity, too, and we're also God's children. So we get this clear. Somebody's like, are you a breakaway society? That'll be the next one. You just know someone's going to do that. Like, are you a breakaway society, and are you going to live on Mars? And I would answer, if they allow us to set up a Christian colony and get away from this Luciferian zoo, the answer would be yes. But other than that, we're good. All right, Patriots, so let's dig in. This is a really beautiful story. And um, I think it's pretty exciting and pretty moving. So it says, coming back from a doctor visit in town one and a half hours away yesterday, I stopped to get gas. A man in a heavy coat sitting in a wheelchair outside smoking a cigarette. was with double amputee, no legs. I couldn't see his face as a hood was drawn up over it god put on put him on my heart so i got in my truck to see if i had any cash he wheeled himself away before i could get back out he crossed over a very busy street struggling to wheel himself across the slight incline he went to talk to an employee of the 711 who was emptying out the garbage i had to circle around with the traffic By the time he had crossed the street again, and by that time he had crossed the street again and sat at the corner with a tiny sign saying, please help. I got to the 7-Eleven and asked the employee if he knew anything about the man. He sort of hesitated, but said he comes around and we talk some. Said he doesn't doesn't seem to have any family, not a druggie, and I give him free drinks. I asked if he thought it would be okay if I bought him a few groceries. And he said, definitely. So I went in and charged a sack full of food, etc., and came out intending to go to his corner and give that to him and, and a little cash I had. As I came out, he proceeded to cross back to the 7-Eleven and I had to circle back around with the traffic. He was just sitting by the gates of the garbage bin, blocking the wind, I guess. It was a cold day in Texas, so I finally drove up beside him and rolled my window down and asked him if he could use a few groceries. He turned, and for the first time, I saw his face. Oh, he couldn't have been more than late late 20s, and the most stunning sky-blue eyes I have ever seen. He smiled and said, yes, ma'am. And thanked me as I handed him the sack and the small amount of cash I had. Then turned and wheeled away. I started to drive off, but couldn't find my credit card and thought, Goodness, I may have handed it to him with the cash and groceries. So I rolled back rolled my window back down and shouted, Hey, did I by chance hand you my credit card? He turned around and wheeled right over looking at looking at his hand still his hand that still had the cash in it and said said very concerned that he didn't think so maybe I had left it inside at that second I saw it laying on the dash and I told him I found it at that point I asked him his name to which he replied Aaron again I was struck by the absolute clarity and unusual color of his eyes he asked my name I told him and I said I would be praying for him he thanked him. I, he thanked me again, and I said I would be back in town next week and hope to see him again. So I left. God put, on, put him on my heart so heavily. No person should be struggling like that to simply survive. It dawned on me that I could have gotten cash with my credit card, so I circled back again to see if I could find out a bit more about him. But he had completely vanished in those five minutes. I circled both convenience stores and the little neighborhood, nothing. Very long story to ask for prayers for Aaron. I intend to seek him out next week. There was a church across the street and I am going to call them to see if they know anything about him. Please forgive the long post, but my heart is very heavy. That I need to do more, pray for his protection, for guidance for me. This is who we are. We are a really amazing people, when, and God guides us to be that amazing because we care deeply in our, in our lives for other people. And, and she's right who wrote that, and that's a beautiful post, that no one should struggle that hard to survive. And that's where the right thing was done. Now I want to read you another story tonight. And this is the Lanyard family, and they're part of Bard's Nation. Here we go. It says, and this is from their Gibson Goa. And by the way, this is not something that I'm going to give a little backstory. I got an email last night from Jennifer Lanyard, and I was really moved. She had sent me a couple pictures of their daughters pictures of what they were doing, and you'll hear the story here in a minute. They're homesteading. And she just wrote, and she said, you know, she said, I'm, I don't know what to say, but you had said in one of your podcasts that if, so, if we needed some help to reach out to you. I said, yes. That's that's exactly what I said. And so she gave her story to me, and we talked back and forth on email. So I encouraged her to set up a give, send, go. And made sure that we got her some money last night, a little bit to get, make sure that everything was going to be okay. But I'm asking you to listen to this story. And if, you're, if you are pulled or compelled, I'll leave the link in the Give Sun Go, put it in chat, and I'll put it up below the podcast. And if you're so compelled, then this is an opportunity to give a little bit to a family that I think is, I don't think they're a good family. And they're part of the community that we're building. So here we go. It says, hello, Parts Nation. Two years ago, after a lot of prayer and a big leap of faith, we left the city of Austin, Texas, where my husband and I were both born and raised, to move to rural Arkansas, where we didn't know anyone. We felt led to leave the big city, live off the land, grow our own food, raise some homestead animals, and live a slower-paced, God-centered life where we could focus on raising our young children, two and four years old at that time, and teaching them to live off the land as we learn ourselves. We bought raw land, and my husband and I and his dad built us a tiny house, 240 square feet, to be able to move onto the land. This little house has suited us for the time being, but as the girls are growing, They're now four and six. We knew we would need to add to our tiny home bedrooms and a bigger bathroom. We moved to the land November 20th, November of 2020, and the building supply materials had skyrocketed in fencing and food, and it was all about the craziest time and also the most necessary to start this new chapter in our life and begin learning how to homestead. We did many things like set up rain collection we got ducks and chickens and goats. We chopped wood and we cleared land and washed our clothes with a manual hand washer. We have a dry composting toilet and we heated our own water in a rocket stove type contraption. And we went for the we went from the big city luxury to basically Amish in a month. This has been an amazing journey. However, we've questioned many times why we are doing this, but our family has grown stronger and our faith in God, and knowing that He will provide is growing tremendously, and we know that we can continue to learn and teach our children about growing food, raising and caring animals, and building from the earth materials like cob and cordwood, and recycling resources to build and develop land. Relying on local resources has helped us build community and has also been a blessing. Our goal has been to grow as God's children by stepping out of the beast system and begin learning ourselves so we will be ready to teach others when the time comes. Fast forward to 2020. Surprise, we're pregnant. This is a beautiful blessing because we always wanted a bigger family, but given the insanity of the times, we were not planning on it at this moment. My husband and I still are in awe that we will be having our third child almost any day now. We have diligently been building the house, extension, paying cash, paycheck to paycheck because we don't want any debt on the house. But we seem to be racing against time as we are desperately trying to finish before the baby gets here. A crib will likely take up to an, up, take up the entire kitchen. Maybe we can turn it into a diner table for meals. Anyway, we have also been collecting baby things over the last nine months and a very good family friend helped us with a baby shower back in May. As we get closer and closer to the due date, I feel like Satan has been putting up roadblocks financially. He hates family and is doing all he can in destruction, but as God's children, we must remain steadfast and lean into Jesus even more. One example of this happened a couple of weeks ago when both my husband and my cars broke down on the same day. We both had to get our vehicles towed. My 2008 Honda Odyssey has always been a lemon and has electrical problems that we have have dumped too much money into as it is. I truly needed a, need a different car that's reliable with low mileage. This is why I know it's been taken care of. Living in the country, you realize it's a fix-it-yourself kind of vibe. There is no discount tire or mechanic on every corner. So having something reliable to drive our family around and not have an engine seize up and quit in the middle of the mountains with no cell service is important. My husband's car is fine for now because it takes a lot of abuse in those rural dirt roads, and his issue was that the key broke off in the ignition. His co-worker came over yesterday and hot-wired the car, and now it starts with a screwdriver, so his is all good. LOL. But even with that, but even with these roadblocks, God is so good, and our good friends left for three weeks vacation in the RV the very next day after our cars were towed and, and undrivable, and gladly loaned their car to us. This was a huge blessing and God's amazing timing because we had already spent our paychecks on building supplies and some groceries. And my husband was able to continue to work without missing a day. The works He works as a carrier for the post office and so having a car is essential. This year we have learned to budget dollars and then even budget change those last few days before my husband's paycheck because we need to get this house finished. Afford gas and inevitable flat tires from the rural postal roads. Buy baby supplies and groceries for our family and we definitely get down to our change jar. It's not in my nature to reach out for help, but it's been on my heart that it's okay to be vulnerable and rely on community when necessary, then pay it forward to others when you are able, even if it's in manual labor or trade. This is after all why we are in this move out here to work together with others, learn from others, live off food, food, we grow ourselves, steward God's land, create a greater, a bigger sense of community and kingdom living rather than pure selfish self-reliance with these big paychecks. I'm also reaching out because everything seems to be coalescing at once with this house not being finished but cars breaking down although no one is good my although now one I'm sorry although now one is good my due date next week uh, affording food preparing for winter and warmth and to catch and the catch 22 of needing to work so much to afford those things and to fix these things while also needing time for building and laboring i ask most importantly for prayers for endurance for our family and a healthy and faith-filled labor and birth, God's protection and guidance and wisdom through discernment. We're so grateful to you in this community of Bard's Nation. If you're able to donate, anything helps. Our goal is to raise enough money to finish the house and to purchase us reliable family a reliable family vehicle, and get out from the spinning wheel of budgeting change every two weeks. This winter, I pray that despite the challenge that life brings, all of us will we would know that God is in control and we would see some small blessings in our everyday lives that we focus on those things that bring us joy and peace within our hearts. Thank you for hearing our story. God bless Jenny. So Patriots, I'm going to ask that if it's on your heart to extend some help, if you can, um, This is something I live by. I think we all do, but I just want to say it. I put the the link up in chat again, and I'll put it under the podcast. This is going to become a more regular need as we move forward. We were talking tonight, my mom and I, just about how at one store today, there were two people in in a store that you don't usually see anybody. One has had a sign up and said, need help, just lost my lease, homeless. And the other said, I'm a grandma. I need help, and my mom helped them both. This isn't going to be normal times as we move forward, and we're going to have to take time to listen to each other's stories, make our own discernment, and let God guide us, and to learn to hear what God needs us to do. I've been very, very blessed in the last few years to be able to receive the ability to receive the opportunities to give. And I've been very blessed by Father to be able to give. And I, and as, as it was given to me when I was in my worst point in my life, literally, I can't imagine again not live, living in such a way. I'm sorry, I this, this gets me a little bit tonight. Power of giving is one of the most amazing things I've ever experienced in my life. It transforms the world into a different place. When I sat in Denver, after having lost literally everything after the arrest and all the financial nonsense that went on with that, to get a call from a friend of mine, he said, just get on a plane, and come down, because you're coming home. And I went down and spent two years rebuilding and remodeling his farmhouse and got myself back on my feet and God led that entire process. I've seen small gifts transform huge, hugely in people's lives and it's not about whether we give in massive amounts but it's what we can afford to give and how much that means in the in the sense of kingdom. I've said this before and I truly do live this way. You have to understand that when I see a bank account that gets high, I want it to be low because then I know that if it's low, I've stewarded that money out as God intends and it's not to hoard, but it's his that's given to me to steward, to help others or to continue to do what we're doing, which all of us is to build our lives and improve our, our, the strength of our homes so that we'll be prepared for what is coming. Bars Nation is a community that we've built that has resilience, it has strength, it has love, and it has amazing stories. And just these are just two tonight on two opposite ends, one who's giving and one who's in need. And that sort of perfection of balance is all that God does all the time. And it's something that I cherish because Bars Nation evolved out of just a push the father did a nudge to say do podcasting and I did and from that we went through some trials we had a great following on YouTube until YouTube decided we were no longer were welcome and the transition over to Podbean initially wasn't easy and we've remained here and we've grown and we've prospered we have amazing mods and we have amazing people that are dedicated I look every night and I just think to myself the number of people that show up at the shows day after day. and That's a gift. That's God working amongst all of us to bring us together. I watch every night as the chat opens up and the true and true friendships of people saying hello to each other, which is, quite frankly, in this day and age, is pretty much unheard of in the digital space. I hear people talk about Barge Nation in a way every day about some form of this saying things like, I've never seen anything like this what is it you guys have here? I see new people come in asking the same thing. What is this? I've never seen anything like this. Because they haven't. We've transformed a platform that, quite frankly, the digital space was never intended really to be good. There was idealisms, perhaps, but I think the true intention was always to try to enslave. And we broke that. We broke that chain. We broke that bondage. And we showed the We've shown the world, whoever has eyes to see, of what the potential is when we connect over time and space. And the reason it works is because we put God at the center of everything we do. The Lanyard family is, a, is an example of people that are trying to move into that new world, that new kingdom space. And it's going to take all of us to work together to help each of us accomplish those goals. We're not going to break free easily. And some will be in a position to help others better than they can accomplish perhaps that themselves. But as we help each other, we raise each other up in big ways. And to me, that's going to be one of the big challenges as we go ahead, as we walk ahead in, in, in this challenging time. And it's, it's going to demand some very fundamental things the things that I've talked about here in the last couple of weeks. And again, I always want to stress this. What I'm referencing right now, what I will be, was not me deciding it was to talk. It was what God put on my heart to speak of, and that's to have forgiveness in the heart and a, and walk with love. I was on the Christmas special yesterday with the Resistance Chicks, and there's a number of people that I'm, I've met on there, everybody I knew in one way or another, but couple in particular that I had met when I was up at Plymouth at their covenant event. And what was most profound to me is that these people who I haven't talked to at all since the covenant event spoke of having dreams and having put on their heart the same thing that God put on my heart this last two weeks to talk about, to fight this war with forgiveness and love. That's truly that fundamental law, to love thy neighbor. We read that last night. For the, This is Galatians 5, 14. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And that is such a powerful place and such a powerful statement when we take it in full and in sum. And it's very difficult in a world where everything we have around us is about fighting Fighting it is, but fighting in the way they want us to fight is bloody, deadly, vicious, hateful, vengeful driven. God wants us to fight. This is a we're in a war. But how we fight and the tools that we use are kingdom based. One of the most powerful tools of transformation is love. Other tools of transformation, giving, forgiving. These tools are incredible. They shake foundations of entire nations. And I think that every one of us can testify to the fact that when we do give, we feel the power of that consume us in our heart. Just as we had with our first testimony tonight from one of our own B-Dads, talking about at the end how this giving to this young man, Aaron, who had lost both of his legs, how that felt and how compelled they were to do more. But that's the kingdom economy where we're doing more to give for Father God. We're not doing more to hoard for ourselves. The Babylonian world that we're in literally is about hoarding for ourselves with the illusion that if we don't we will have nothing. That's the world of scarcity. But in the world of God, it is give more and you shall be and you will shall receive more. As more is given, more is asked, and that's that process of giving forward. I can't tell you how many times this happens to me where God will put on my heart to do something and it will be like, and and many of these examples are dollar amounts and it's not because I worship giving in only dollar form, quite to the contrary, but in the way that we're connected by distance, many times the easiest and most effective way to give is in the form of money because it can be translated to something that somebody needs. But that's, we don't limit our giving there, obviously. But when we do this giving, it doesn't matter because it doesn't, and this is what's really interesting, is money by itself is a, is a Babylonian trap. It's intended to capture you and, and consume you and amplify those pieces in your heart that are negative. That's its intent. So if somebody is, is as an ego or somebody has anger, Money, lack of money and more money amplify those emotions. And you see it because you get bitterness when people don't have money and you get elation and, and and a lot of hoarding when people have too much. So money is a true amplifier. But what happens when you are using money as a mechanism to improve somebody else's life guided by God and his, his direction? You transform the power of money into something that's even greater in the world. It changes lives rather than stealing from lives. We would all love not to have to deal with money, but that's just one of those things that comes our way. So in this kind of mark, this kind of benchmarks a point here that I'd said a few weeks ago, that we have to help one another. And I intend to listen as God guides and I intend to do what I can to help those in this community as is needed. And we never know when those tables will turn. I've seen it turn on myself and I've seen what kindness and giving from a heart can do. And if you haven't experienced that power, which I think many have, but if you haven't experienced the power in walking in that space, it's time to try it. And if you have, you know what I'm talking about. Because it's it's so overwhelming in a positive way. It's like the world around us, you could have the worst possible day and you can give somebody a dollar, five dollars, buy them a cup of coffee, whatever, and you can literally watch a smile transform their lives. Something as simple as prayers giving. We're talking about material giving right now, but there's almost so many layers of giving and we're talking about material giving because there's a lot of need, but you'll also notice as Jennifer wrote for her family and and what our B-Dad wrote at the same, both of them said the same thing pray for. Pray for their families. Pray for Aaron. Pray for guidance. Those are people that are understanding the power of the kingdom. And it's humbling because they're part of us, all of us. You know, it's one of the things I look for too is when people are needing help, you'll know right away what their motive is. And you know right away where their heart is. It doesn't take long. It just takes two minutes of a conversation. Now, as the heart of the cheerful giver, if I'm called to give to somebody and God wants me to give to them, I don't care if they're nasty, if they're loving. I don't care because that's not on me. That's what God's asked me to do. But what's amazing is in our community, we don't have hardly any of that. I mean, I haven't encountered much of it, if, if any at all. I find people that are truly out to do good things. And the problem is that there's an attitude with many that that's weakness that somehow giving is weakness, that somehow loving is weakness, that somehow forgiving is weakness. And this is where we have it all wrong for those that have any sort of draw towards that thinking. The most powerful walk we could possibly make in this world is a forgiving heart and loving, but it's not loving like a big wet smoochie on the cheek. This is kingdom level loving. This is the loving that Christ had in his, in this, in this kingdom. Loving is sometimes tough. It means truth, and truth means tough love. But it's nonetheless the care for the individual because you have compassion enough to tell them the truth. These are the mighty parts of the sword of the Spirit. And as we master them and we empty our heart of of the weights of vengeance and anger, hatred, fear, we start to open ourselves up to that other dimension which is talked about and spoken of in all the Old Testament, And we witness through all the New Testament, which is the miracles of God, the supernatural. They're there. Christ has told us they're there for us to have. We can do greater works than he, but we're not going to do greater works than he because I'm going to do them as Scott of Bards FM because I got a big ego and I've gone through some special training and I've gone through some super, super skill stuff and taken some nanotech in my blood and now I can move a mountain with a wink of an eye. There's none of that garbage. That's Hollywood junk. We're talking about this literal transparency of who I am, the invisibility of me to where the body and the light of Christ flows through me. And as that, I simply become a vehicle to deliver God's will. When we become that humbled, when we become that peaceful, when we become that forgiving, there are literally mountains that will move. This is a time when a lot of people are going to, are struggling. And it's not just the holiday season, but that tends to amplify things. We get to colder weather, depending on where you are in the country, tends to be other things that pile up. The emotions of family can be pretty burdensome. One thing I do ask, and I know that we do it, but I'm just speaking to it again. Pay attention to who's in need of those things in this, in this community. We need to spend time with each other, but in turn, as you receive Listen to what you need to give in your heart. What we don't need right now is the one way receiving. There's a lot of people that are in need of prayer. As a community, we need to support each other, but also keep that balance. But as we receive and as we listen, make sure that we're also listening to our heart and discerning within us what it is that's causing us angst, fear, whatever those emotions are. As this walk that we're in continues. It's going to get crazier. That's a guarantee. And unfortunately, people are denying it right now. And there's a ton that have no clue what's coming. They don't understand the mechanisms that are moving to enslave everybody through digital IDs. They don't understand that now, as of the other day, that all Americans lost their rights internationally. We no longer have the ability to travel internationally without using a COVID passport and mandating COVID vaccinations or whatever other vaccination the CDC says you have to get. That was lost in one stroke of a pen by Joe Biden or whatever hand puppet he is signing the treaty at, in Bali. It was done. Out the window, every every freedom you thought you ever had was erased, and you were part of the global digital system in one stroke of the pen. And Congress will say nothing about it because they're not on our side. We know all these things. Right now, what we have is not politicians. We don't have lawyers. We don't have advocates of a high level. We have each other. But we have the one advocate, the one above all, We have our Lord Jesus, and we have Father God. And in that, there's nothing we can't overcome. But to get there, we have to unburden our hearts, and we have to come together in strength and unity and help one another. The examples are around us. The opportunities surround us. All we have to do is open our eyes and reach out and enter into this space with a giving, a loving and giving heart. It's what God's asking of us. And it's really quite tremendous. And it's what is most amazing about this is there's no possible way the enemy can succeed when we do that. None. They have no toehold. They have no entry point in our armor. They have nothing. And it absolutely blows the enemy's mind. It's the most deadly weapon we could ever wield against them. And it's that weapon and that sword that's so sharp with the edge of forgiveness and so sharp with the edge of love and so sharp with the edge of giving that the enemy is smoted to the ground before they even stand. That's the power of the kingdom right there. And through that, many, many things happen and justice begins to move. And justice takes many forms and it doesn't take much of the forms that we see because our justice is so based on vengeance or equal pain, meaning that if I suffer, they must suffer equal or more. Kingdom justice does have a definitive point. There's no question. God's clear that there's wrath. There's clear that there's certain punishments for crimes. But God is also about restoration. And we have to live a life now of looking to restore and to lift and to elevate. For me, these discussions have even another dimension and that is the healing of families. And we've seen this here in this, on this channel, in this community, in this fellowship. We've seen a lot of pain and shared a lot of pain that throughout the community of people that have been ostracized from families, lost family members, some of them related to the injection, some of them just by virtue of life. We've seen the pain of losing and suffering and those pains aren't easy to get over. And as a community, we've done a pretty good job of praying for each other and I know that a lot of, there's been a lot of coming together in ways in the actual world, not just in the digital space. But This is from me to all that are listening now. We have to do more. Not because it's, a burden but because it's an act of love in a time when there's going to need to be a lot of love. You're talking to a guy that literally put his foot in piles of a pile of goo that was a human body. You're talking to a guy that's walked in war. And so for me to sit here and talk about love, trust me, that wasn't exactly on the, on the to-do list or expectation list two years ago. But I speak of it now, not because it's fashionable, I speak of it now because God transformed me. And through a process of transformation, He showed me a greater weapon in war than I've ever imagined. And he understands my heart. He understands that I am a warrior, he understands that I seek to destroy this enemy viciously, and he understands that I seek to do nothing more than to win. And that I will never stand down to this enemy. And when I went to God in prayer and I said, Father, I'm ready to walk in the, in the authority of the kingdom. I'm ready to see this world in your eyes, and I understand I'm imperfect, and I understand that I'll be repenting a lot, but don't hold back. Show me, guide me, point me, walk with me, teach me. And he has. And in the last two months, two and a half months, almost three, I've seen a transformation take over in myself that is something I could never have imagined. And it's not just subtle. It's the entire optic on the world to realize how great we are, how great we can be, and how unconquerable we can be as a people. And the equation begins in simple terms. It's forgiveness, it's love, and it's giving. In this season, which we usually categorize as giving, this is a good one. And there's going to be a lot of discussion as we come to Awakenings. I listened to a piece today about the wrong dates for this and the celebration of that. And we shouldn't be celebrating certain events on certain days because they're actually tied to this Luciferian cult. Okay, I got it. I don't need dates to forgive, to love, and to to give. I don't need dates for that. That should be a daily walk. And so whatever our holiday seasons represent to you, don't make it just a holiday event. Use this period of time when there's going to be a lot of amplification of need because this is when it usually shows up. And use this time to transform a walk that you make so that rather than it being a day or a year or a month event, make it every day. And transform that walk in such a powerful way That there can be no doubt that you're doing everything you can to take those bold strides in kingdom authority, asking God for the guidance, not assuming, and letting him guide you and direct you in all that you do. Be fierce. Be uncompromising for truth. Be compassionate for those in need. Love thy neighbor as the one true law. And in so doing, raise ourselves up as a people again to remember what we truly are, not what they want us to be. It's not about the hoarding. It's not about the status of the home. It's about the humility of the heart, the forgiving of the heart, the loving of the heart, and the giving of the heart. And when we get those things down, I'm going to tell you something. There's not an enemy in this world that can stand to us, not one. That's the total victory that sits before us. So, Patriots, I'll leave this link for the Lanyard family up. I'll mention it through the week. It'll be below the podcast. You'll see it. If you choose to give some to them, that would be great. And if there are needs out there, Don't hesitate to elevate those so we can hear and we can come together to support. This is the time for us to lead, not just in small ways, but in big ways, so that others begin to understand what it truly is to walk as true believers on this earth. Let us pray. Father God, just a very humbling time tonight. A reflection on, for myself, a journey that I've taken and perhaps for others who are reflecting as well. A journey that you've guided me on in every step of the way. A journey that you've been there even when I didn't know you well, you never. That didn't seem to bother you because you were there all the time. A journey that in those dark moments when I thought I was alone, you were right there with me. And a journey than these times when there's others of need that you continue to bless me with the opportunity of bringing them here. Father God, this is an amazing fellowship with amazing people that have come together. So from my personal point as I pray tonight, I thank you for all that has been brought here and all that we share in fellowship. I thank you for these people that we now assemble under a common moniker, Bard's Nation. Not to be better, only to be better in you. Father, we are humbled by the love that's shared here. We're humbled by the caring that's shared here. And may we find more in our hearts to give. And may we take this opportunity in this time of year when need is often amplified to take these moments to reflect deeply on how we can transform our lives to becoming greater in the space of forgiveness, in love, and in giving. Let us take this season to transform ourselves in such a way that these ideas that tend to be seasonal become daily, become part of our daily walk, our daily bread. Let us find that nourishment through the word. Let us find that unlimited nourishment through the wisdom that only you can provide. Thank you, Father. These are such amazing times to live as we seek a path that we don't always know where it goes, but you're always there to point. As we stumble and fall, and you're always there to extend a hand to help us stand back up. A path where we go into places that we get, we have no idea sometimes what we're doing only to become masters and experts in things we never dreamed we would do. This is your world that we're following, a world that you're leading us in, and a world that we're learning in. So thank you. Thank you for the deep friendships that we built seemingly out of nowhere, the wisdom that comes into our lives from people we never imagined. Thank you for the food that you share with us and bless us with each and every day. Thank you for the gifts that we have of being able to help one another. And raise others up as we raise ourselves in you. Most of all, Father, thank you. As we humbly kneel before you, as we humbly speak to you, thank you for all that is given. The sacrifices that were made for us. We are here because of that. and something we must never forget. And Jesus... Not one of us can truly imagine what you suffered to give us this time and this freedom and this blessing in this world. Words cannot describe what sits on our heart in humility and awe. Thank you. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, Patriots, this is a wonderful week. To make bridges, to heal wounds if we can. And that would be a great thing to do. It takes two, remember that. We have to speak to one another and raise it up. So keep your head up and your eyes forward never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow. For Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now.
1: Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe. To the deepest dead Oh, I wanna feel something Let me get back in